Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hotline Monday. I'm Scott Johnson with Justin Robert Young. Hello, Justin. Well, hello, Scott. How are you doing on this fine Monday afternoon? I'm all right. I've been. I did a morning show. I watched you do a bit of a wrestling show, and then um, got a bunch of work done. And and uh, still, most most of my social uh, media today has been people mad at a at one of the greatest actresses that we've ever known, or is she one of the more overrated actresses that we've ever known? Hmm. All right, so, so spoiler alert, this whole show is going to be about award shows. So mm-hmm. if people want to talk about the last award show, I guess like we won't hang up on you immediately. But it's not it's not kind of what, 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 what the thrust of things are. What we want to talk about are just the maddest you've ever been with an award show. Yep. And in my heart, when I was initially thinking of this idea, I was like, oh, this will be a great one because it's one of the smaller ones. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like it, usually nobody really cares about the Golden Globes. The Golden Globes are are fun for two reasons. Number one, it is both TV and movies. So you get the combined power of both fan bases. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's early. So it's earlier than the Emmys. It's earlier than the Oscars. It normally portends which shows or movies will wind up being the big recognized ones at the more prestigious Award show. Hey, since it's TV and movies and also weird categories like uh, musical comedy, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you think we ever, do you think it ever branches out and says uh, also YouTube content or, you know, web uh, stuff or things like that? Do you think the, the Golden Globes are too full of oh. themselves to do that? When it, when it when it starts driving ratings, yeah. No, there's <laughs> going to be, you know, best Twitch streamer as a musical music or comedy, you know, like. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, like, they don't care. They like to be on TV and they like to have a party every single year where and you're, I, I screwed up. There are three reasons why the Golden Globes are fun. The third is that all the celebrities get drunk and mm. they slur. And it's really funny to watch all celebrities who don't have any self uh, uh, humor about themselves get up on stage and get mad because nobody's looking at them mm-hmm. because they're all going to the bar that you can't see. That's my favorite part of the Golden Globes is just Matt Damon getting up and being like, excuse me. Excuse me, the show's on. I'm here. I'm Matt Damon. I'm right here. Hello. Yeah. No, I, you're right. It's a party. It's a bunch of tables. It's hard to get to once uh, they call your name. Uh, there's weird yeah. pillars in people's ways. Uh, just, uh, everyone seems to be drinking more than they might usually. Everyone seems to be real sweaty to me. Well, because nobody drinks at the other award shows because the other award shows are done in theaters and not ballrooms. Right. Like, like so they're all there. So unless you sneak a flask, Right. Like you can't just sit there with a drink and watch the show. Yeah. Good so point. Sit there for a very long four hour uh, uh, thing where you're just kind of waiting until you either are there or you're supporting people, yada, yada, yada. Then you get the hell out and you go to another party. It, do, it does seem like significance thrown at the Globes has been more recent than um, than not. Like I, I feel like the last few years have mattered more than usual. And I don't know why exactly. Um, because the Globes stepped up their host game mm. and they also established that they wanted they they were OK with hosts that were going to be more interesting. Mm. Now, that obviously stopped with Jimmy Fallon, who is not there to be interesting necessarily. He is he's just a fun, cool guy, man. Like, you know, and, and as long as he's a cool guy, that's what he's there for. But like when they went with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, or they went with uh, uh, Ricky Gervais. There are people that it's like there was a legitimate like. Oh my God! Are they going to have careers after they just like torched half these people? <laughs> At least that's that's what the 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 performance is, right? Mm-hmm. So I will say this: the Golden Globes is inconsequential. The yeah, Oscars yeah. are not. The Emmys are not. The Grammys are not. Right. What I would love to get because I feel like every one of my friends has one of these stories about. And it's usually kind of the story of when they stop believing in award ceremonies, mm-hmm. right? It's like when they believed in a thing, <laughs> this had to be recognized. It is so clear that this is the best thing of all things. And then the worst thing that should have never been nominated wins. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I broken. I've... You are furious. You are pissed off, not for days, not for weeks. Not for years. Many times these hatreds linger for decades. Yeah. Decades long. So that's what I would love 
to uh, hear from people today. Okay, I'm down with that. Um, real quick, I uh, there there somebody's going to assume, and you should it already maybe even a call will be about this. And don't don't do this because I can clear the air right now. People think my most pissed moment is going to be when Fury Road did not win Best Picture last year, and that would be incorrect. Um, I never thought it would win. I never expected it to win. I knew it would get nominated. That was a thing I, I knew for sure. And there was a lot of argument about that. And when that happened, people were like, There was Whoa. no argument. You are you for for all the for all the 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 the, the Trump stuff that I see you like like uh, go back at, this is for whatever reason, this is your <laughs> like many people are saying thing. Like <laughs> nobody was shocked that it was gonna get a nomination. For whatever reason, you built up this straw man that you were the the Joan of Arc of of Mad Max is going to be critically recognized. Well, like everyone knew it was going to. Well, be. call it anecdotal or whatever, but there were a lot of people emailing <laughs> me. It does sound like Trump. E many people are saying <laughs> many people. I got a lot of emails. We got a lot of feedback on the show, especially in the morning stream, saying you're crazy. There's no way this movie gets nominated. There's no way it ever even gets okay. recognized. I'll, I'll believe you there. I believe yeah. that you got. The so that was the only. It was again small circle of friends, sort of thing. But um, anyway. Aside from that, I was not angry because I didn't expect it to anyway. But my innocence about the Oscars and what that means died a long time ago. And I will tell you when it died. It is in our modern era. Uh -huh. But this is when it died. And it wasn't because something I wanted to win didn't win. It's because for two years, two things I thought should win didn't win. And then in the third year... It won the the third of the movies won, and I went, wait a minute. So they just saved up to then recognize it at the end because it's a trilogy. And I realized this is not just like a straight up by the merits sort of competition. This is a weird. Sometimes we're gonna award people because they're they're at the end of their career. Uh, you know, for example, Spielberg's gone way too long without winning anything, or Scorsese's gone way too long without winning. So we're now going to give it to them because we don't know how many movies they have left in them. I realized that there started to be sort of caveats yeah. to how this stuff was given uh, out. Of course, from, you are referring to Ernest Saves Christmas, that which was <laughs> the trilogy, the third of the Ernest series of Ernest Goes to Camp and Ernest Goes to Jail, right? Yes. They did not recognize the 1987 and 1990 movies, but rather the 1998 Ernest Saves Christmas <laughs> They finally gave the recognition that it's so richly deserved. You know, it's like it's like you have the power of seeing into my mind. It's crazy, but um, but you're also slightly off, only slightly though. This would have been the oh wait, hold on, wait, no, no, no. Ernest goes to jail was the third one. Yeah, Ernest you got the camp, order mixed up. It was jail. It was Ernest goes to jail. That was the third. One. <laughs> yeah, it goes camp, Christmas, jail. Yeah, which is like life, really. But anyway, no, for me, it's uh, it's the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and. So much hullabaloo and excitement about the idea that a, a fantasy film was going to garner this much uh, critical acclaim and and audience acclaim, um, and and remember everybody, this is pre Hobbit. We hadn't we hadn't yet tasted from like the laziness that can happen with projects like this. I shouldn't say that. Maybe it wasn't lazy, but whatever. The 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 candle had burned out. But the the first three movies in that trilogy were all so cool and so good and i thought all of them deserved it and they all got nominated every single one of them number uh, fellowship of the ring two towers and then finally return of the king but they didn't award it until return of the king in light of other contenders that probably deserved it more if i'm to look at it more again academically and i realize that's hard to do because we're talking oh. about a very subjective uh thing right film is subjective as hell yeah uh, so so i totally get that but when that happened and they won, I was disappointed they won, not because they didn't deserve it. It was a good, mo great movie. It's my favorite of the three. But the reason I was disappointed is I, it was like finally the, the curtain had lifted and I went, oh, this is how the sausage is made. Like yeah. they, they waited till the end because they knew there were three coming and they may as well do that. And like there's maybe there's even some pragmatism to that. Like there's a reason why you would do that to make room the other two years for for great things and not give it to the same trilogy every year. Like there's some logic in that for me. I get it, but it also smacked me in the face and went, yeah, that's how this goes. It's not may the best man win. It's may the most prudent idea function. Well, and I mean, it is political and that's, 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 uh, I'm sure what's going to be a part of a lot of these calls is, is that you realize that this is, we are making a lot out of what should be, a very, very, very simple 
uh, industry award show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They are they are there to just reward their own industry. And we are now assigning our own hopes and dreams and narratives based on our emotional attachments to the art that they output. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. So for mine, mine was uh, the 2000 Grammys. Oh, music. Okay. Uh, you know, pop music was very, very big. However, there were two albums <laughs> that were gigantic and I was a big fan of. Let me, I, I wish I could guess which giant hip hop record did not win album of the year or whatever. But keep going. Uh, well, I mean, that was one of them. Two of them that I was a big fan of. One was the Marshall Mathers LP. Mm. That was Eminem's second and probably his biggest breakthrough album. It's really good. Yeah. The second was Radiohead's OK Computer. Mm. And I was like, you know, one of them has to win. <laughs> one of them has to win. Mm. These are watershed. This, I, I think, was the same Grammys that they did the whole Elton John, Eminem. Uh, uh, they did stand together and this was like at the height of Eminem's a homophobe. So it was like everything that you could possibly say, like it's, uh, uh, controversial it's rock and roll. It's, or you have, you want to know what, maybe the, the white rapper, uh, who says awful things. You don't want that kind of press. I understand it. How about this? There is not a band that when they were coming out was clearer that they were going to be classic rock in 30 years than Radiohead, right? <laughs> like they were simultaneously new and fresh. And also it's like, you just know that this is going to age extremely well. Yeah. They're, they're old souls. The minute they started. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, okay, computer, you know, karma police, you know, it's not like, you know, if you're 70 years old, you can't put on Karma Police and kind of bow, bob your head. You're like, hey, man, that's a that's a hell of a song. Karma <laughs> Police, huh? <laughs> no, you're, you're not wrong. Know who won the Grammy? Mm. Steely Dan. Oh, my gosh. What? I don't remember that. Steely Dan. <laughs> Steely Dan won the Grammy. <laughs> they yeah. released their first album in 20 years. Yeah. And Steely Dan won the Grammy over. Eminem and radio. What was Steely? Was that Steely Dan album? Uh, let's forget for a minute that it's Steely Dan and all the baggage we may have about who they are uh, and how washed up they should be by 2000. Was that album good? Like, could I you know what? I never listened to it. <laughs> I still haven't listened. <laughs> uh, see, that's how this stuff goes, right? Like I, Part of me wants to, and I, and I, uh, assuming people call in today, I have this feeling that some of these calls are going to be like, the war shows are stupid. They shouldn't exist in the first place. They're just, uh, like you said, industries congratulating themselves and, and a lot of paid off people. Blah, blah. There's going to be all these arguments about that. And I don't, and, and we welcome those if you want to have those. Oh and God, wait a minute. So I forgot about this. Okay. It was not okay. Computer. It was kid. A. No, oh. it was Marshall Mathers LP. Yeah. Kid A. And you want to know the one that I was the most upset about was Beck's Midnight Vultures was also on that <laughs> list of nominations. Now, in hindsight, that album is probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite Beck album. And Beck is one of my favorite artists. But I can understand where that might have been a little too weird for uh, for, for for the mainstream Grammy voters. Sure. But also a Paul Simon, a fairly good Paul Simon album also got beat out by Two Against Nature by Steely Dan. <laughs> I think... I mean, part of me likes that Steely Dan won because I think that's funny, but part of me is equally uh, as upset. So that so that begs that, the question. That was the one that broke me. That was the one that broke me. So why do we apply this kind of importance to that if it's just an arbitrary competition set up? Like, you'll get more out of a football game than you're going to get out of a competition between Martha Mathers LP and Steely Dan's latest hits. Well, because I think that it takes time for us to realize that it's arbitrary, mm. right? Yeah. And, and I think even now, you know, we we never lack for things to bitch about, especially oh, no. the internet. Right? No, no, there's so much I could, there's 20 things I could bitch about right now. Uh, so when it comes to our art, for which we care a lot about, why would that be any different? Yeah. Why would we in any way mitigate the fact that we are in love with an album, we're in love with a movie, 
We believe that the, 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 the director's a genius, that the actors are once in a generation, that the writing is something that changes the paradigm of the medium itself. And then, you know, Ernest goes to jail wins, right? <laughs> okay, let's use, a, let's use a more real world example. I know a lot of people were mad. I remember being conflicted. I won't say mad, but conflicted about 1994's Forrest Gump winning out over Shawshank Redemption. See, I love that you bring this up. Uh, or Pulp Fiction. I was there. furious. Yeah. Not because of Shawshank, but yeah. because of Pulp Fiction. Right, right, right. So, and by the way, yeah. Pulp Fiction, a better movie than Shawshank Redemption. It's science. It's Ooh, a more important movie. I don't know. Hold on. Let me think about this. It's just, it's, there were for four years, you can say that we are still watching Quentin Tarantino clones because <laughs> of Pulp Fiction. No, you're right. right. You're right. That's not untrue. If, you're if your gauge for this, though, is how many people copied your model and, and moved forward making movies from it, then yes, that, then, then, you can, then there is a science to that. I don't know if I'm ready to agree that it's a better movie than Shawshank Redemption. And I, and I know that Shawshank Redemption doesn't necessarily represent a new kind of filmmaking, a new door opening in filmmaking or any of those things, because that's definitely not true. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's a better. I'm not sure that. that Shawshank is great. Shawshank is great. Pulp Fiction is generational. Like Pulp Fiction is just, it just made the language of what was acceptable in mainstream cinema different. Like it, it, it did. I mean, hell, even in the idea that Quentin Tarantino was into pulling John Travolta out of mothballs to give him this kind of role, <laughs> like that is still something that we see all the time. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. like that idea of, hey, let's 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 resuscitate this person's career by casting them as something that is evocative on a core level and yet a total slap in the face to what they were famous for initially. Sure. Like that that was, I mean. I don't know. I, I can go on and on and on about Pulp Fiction because it's my favorite movie of all time. But I, I always I always love that 1994 is a controversial year. Yeah, because it's like either you are just in love with the Shawshank Redemption and oh, my God, all the performances in that movie. Amazing. Great script. Great story. So well done. Uh, they crawled, they, they, listen, they collectively crawled through a, a mile of shit and came out clean on the other side. Exactly. Because it's like. Those are the roles that we still think of those actors in. Right. Like they kind of cemented. Was that the first like Morgan Freeman as mega wise Morgan Freeman role? Uh, which per, playing for the next 20 years? Probably. I think that's probably his most. Uh, let me think. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Driving Miss Daisy was different. Driving Miss Daisy was probably the first, right? Yeah. Where he was just the, 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 the magical uh, term that I'm not going to use here on the, on, on the show, but look it up. <laughs> Now they'll easily go find it. Um, yeah. No, no, no. I think I think you're right. It's really important stuff. All right, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'll, I'll concede this one, and say that if you land on the Pulp Fiction side or you land on the other side uh, of of Shawshank, I think I think both of those are really strong platforms, and I think that probably it just sort of depends on where you were then and where you're at uh, with those two movies, and you and both sides respect the other. In other words, those two movies got shafted is this, the, is what I'm trying to say. Well, because Pulp, I mean, because Forrest Gump, like a charming film to be sure. I love right? Forrest Gump. I love it for what it is. Sure. But uh, it, it, and it was a huge hit yeah. at the time. Yeah. Which is uh, far more than Shawshank and far more than Pulp Fiction to be sure. Which you would say has more to do with the winning than almost anything, right? Uh, I think it puts something over the top. Mm. And I think that, that 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 Forrest Gump was a lot easier of a movie to like. Yeah, yeah, very you know? likable. Well, of course, like if you if listen, if you were over the whatever the demographic is, let's say you're over at the time you're over thirty five or you're older, you're older than forty, and Pulp Fiction lands in your lap, and you're like, what in the hell is even? What is this thing I'm watching? What is this? I can see how that could feel like you just got hit in the face with a truck or something. And that may not appeal to everybody. And Shawshank is a very ultimately redemptive tale, but a very arduous, uh, you know, path through hell sort of tale. In both those cases, not necessarily the feel-good hits of the summer. But roll around to Forrest Gump, 
everybody can feel good in Forrest Gump. Whether I mean, but, it, but it's also not without its artistry. Like, like in defense of Forrest Gump, there are some sad things in there. The mm-hmm. whole, you know, the, the fact that, you know, they, they kind of dance around this, like, Jenny is the drug addict thing. I guess they don't really dance around it. They show her, like, <laughs> snorting drugs. So, never mind. I guess it's over the top. <laughs> but you know what? F Forrest Gump. Whatever. Life is like a box of chocolates, and you just pick the poop one. <laughs> All right. Just so for some clarity and for some perspective, that year, here were your, here were your nominees. Oh, wait, this isn't 94. It would have been 95, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, it would have been recognizing 94. Yeah, so, so... The awards ceremony of 95. Because I'm like, Schindler's List, what's this doing on here? All right, so you got Best Picture. The winner was Forrest Gump. Your nominees that didn't win were Four Weddings and a Funeral. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Quiz Show. I love Quiz Show. Oh, my gosh, Quiz Show is good. I like Quiz Show almost as much as Shawshank Redemption. They're they're basically... it's like they They're almost like a double feature. I freaking love it. Um, not just because they're both set in the past. Anyway, and then Shawshank. Um, that year you had Paul Newman, John Travolta for Pulp Fiction, Nigel Hawthorne, uh, Morgan Freeman, and Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks won that second year in a row for him. Um, it was just all Tom Hanks all the time. There was no getting around it. Like that was just going to be the way it was. And I have a prediction. This is probably, probably the year that Ryan Gosling wins and probably me and, and it's probably going to be the next guy to get two in a row. So I'm calling it. I don't even know what the other movie's going to be yet. Nobody does because it won't come out till next year. But I'm telling you right now, Gosling's your next two for double man. And it's happening. Now, why is that? I don't know. Why, why do you have the faith in the Gos? I just have, I don't even really care all that much about Gosling. I mean, I like him. He's fine. I like him in things. I haven't seen La La Land yet, but uh, I like, uh, Stuff he's in. I just feel like this is right around the time you see this happen. This is like his Clooney moment, his... Um, but Clooney never won back-to-back, right? No, he never won back-to-back. But there's just like a... There's a moment when the stars align. He's just old enough, and he's not too old, and he is in the handsomest uh, actor pantheon of all time kind of status. I'm just saying... This is probably it. And he's been and he's and he led up to here with a bunch of really good stuff and other nominations and other cool things. But I think this is his step forward to get the next twofer because the last twofer we had was. Yeah. Uh, oh, who was it? Um, it wasn't Tom Hanks, was it? No. Who am I thinking of? Two, uh, two years in a row. Uh, best actor, I can't remember. Did. Uh... Did did Christoph Waltz win back to back for best supporting? That might have been. Um, let's see. List of directors with two. Okay, I don't want directors. List of Academy Award records. Uh, Fifteen actors have won the most Oscars. That might be it. Uh, I can't find it. Uh, oh, no. Oh, all white actors for second year in a row. <laughs> uh, let's see. Here we go. So, all right, you got your. Uh, Okay, Variety won't let me do it because I have an ad blocker on their page. Okay, there we go. Uh, nope, they don't have a list either. I can't find it, but there's got to be a list of this someplace. Chat room, you guys are uh, get on the stick. We find this list for us. But I, I just have a feeling. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Sometimes I get these feelings, and I think, uh, and I don't believe in magic, but uh, I'm just saying, I think uh, Ryan Gosling's your guy. He's gonna have some other big giant second hit in a row, and he, he'll be your dude. So, by the way, yeah, Christoph Waltz, uh, what, 2009 Best Supporting Actor for Inglorious Bastards, and then 2012 Best Supporting Actor for Django Unchained. Mm. Except that's not back-to-back, is it? Oh, that is not back-to-back. No, no, no. Yeah, he maybe Hanks is the last one. Although he would have back-to-back if Quentin Tarantino worked faster. <laughs> well, if he go to digital finally and quit effing around with 70-millimeter film, freaking oh, cellu- celluloid. He Jeez. wants to be the, the last guy on that boat, and he wants to write a four thousand word, you know, book about it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we got a okay. call. Let's, let's see who yeah. this is. Tom Hi, Hanks won. Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. He went. Okay. All right. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Evan Byer. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, Gosling's not gonna win. Oh, you don't think Gosling will win? How come? Because let's go back to 2002 with Chicago. All right. What Richard the, Gere was Richard Gere was not nominated. Mm-hmm. Zellweger was nominated. She didn't win. Well, so Zellweger. Yeah, but they're in two different. Ca- oh, I see what you're saying. But it's but, a musical. So you don't think? Mm, uh, interesting. Okay. No, no. no. You want to know what? That what? was a musical about musical people 
in Chicago. <laughs> but you're not understanding is that this is about musical people who are actors in L.A. Okay, that's a fair point. Yeah, you made this point last week, and also on Twitter last night, I saw you. I saw you basking in it a bit because your point was like, I mean, "Oh, how- listen, it's going next year's best picture is going to be La La Land. I don't know how <laughs> they're going to figure it out, but it's going to be the best picture for the next ten years. Like, you just can't make a movie that is this well hemmed in." Mm-hmm do exactly the demo that votes for these movies. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm Again, I'm saying if they made a movie and we got to vote on it and it was about how brave and amazing independent podcasters are, we'd be like, this is the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. I'm, I'm voting for it. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah, you're not. I, I actually kind of think you're right on that. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? I am sci-fi reporting for duty. Ah, oh, sweet. You welcome yeah. to the thing. You've been a fine soldier. Promotion is yours if you'll have it. <laughs> How you guys doing today? Good. What's going on, man? Good. Not too much. Not too much. I, I see you guys are talking movies, and uh, I, I saw La La Land. I, I definitely enjoyed it a lot more uh, than Hollywood's last uh, Oscar bait movie of The Artist, mm. which I really thought was overrated. Mm. Um. I mean, it, it, yeah, it was a silent film, but it didn't. Re- I don't know. It just it felt kind of lifeless. Do you feel? Do you feel really like deserved. these? Do you feel like these things are? Um, I mean, and Justin, I don't know how to ask this question. Do, do they when they start production on a thing like this? Are there guys like sitting around? And I don't mean the word conspire in a nefarious way, but are they conspiring around a table to make a movie that is specifically designed to do this to to attract voters? To become the 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 best movie of the next six years, to become the next Titanic or whatever, like do they plan this ahead or do they? Is this all happy accident stuff? Um, I I think if you are doing a lower budget indie movie, like I think it was more important for the artist to get awards buzz than it was La La Land because mm. the artist had less well known actors in it and ultimately the best possible ad campaign you can get for a smaller indie movie like moonlight moonlight without awards consideration and with awards consideration are not going to be anywhere near the same grosses Mm. because absolutely like average people aren't going to know about the well-acted well-written story of a gay black kid in Miami coming to terms with his sexuality and his lot in life. Right. Mm -hmm. That's not something that is going to just be on the front page of people magazine. But if one of the actors starts sweeping awards and people just keep giving speeches about how important it is to realize who your true self is now, all of a sudden people are going to pay attention. So for the artist, they needed it for La La Land a little less just because you have Gosling. And you have well, and yeah, but, but but the artist had John Goodman, and John God, John Goodman is in every single Academy Award nominated movie that's ever happened in the world. I mean, come on. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, yes, yes, but also John Goodman is also in some random shit, right? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll definitely give you that. But John and, and, and by the way, when give, when, yeah, when give right. a choice between La La Land and Whiplash, I choose Whiplash any day of the week. I think it's a much better movie. Okay, Whiplash. Wait, why is my brain not working? What's Whiplash? That was the movie that, 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 that the director that's the beforehand. Oh. Yeah, right. it's Miles Teller and uh, and 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 uh, J. Jonah Jameson as the the really mean conservatory guy who's trying to drive him to be the best drummer ever with tough love. And and the question is like, is it too much? Is he mentally breaking him, or is he creating the greatest artist of all time? So that was his. This director's. That's his last movie. That was his last movie. Uh, okay, all right. Which I saw a lot of people getting all fired up because all the uh, uh, the the acceptance speeches were all like. This movie, so tough to make. What a chance. Thank you so much for taking a chance, taking a chance. And there were a lot of people that were like, I mean, you just got nominated for like best picture and you put two really famous actors in it. Like, I mean, like how much of a chance, which I get the cynicism, but also it's like, if you've ever tried to do anything in Hollywood, Mm. everything is tough sledding. Mm -hmm. Everything is hard. There are people right now that are trying to get Marvel movies made that are like, this is a pain in the ass and you're not trusting my vision. <laughs> like, that's true. I know I know for a fact that that has happened with Marvel movies. Yeah. Like, that people felt like, 
why don't you just let me make my movie? Yeah, I think you're probably right. It's probably true across the board. Hi, uh, you are on the air. Who is this? Oh, hey, guys. It's Skills Cat in the chat. Hello, Skills Cat. What's on your mind, man? Yeah. All right. So I've, I've been working on my uh, – I've got my um, Emmy nominations. i got my spreadsheets out, and I'm ready to give you my, my calls. you ready for them? Yeah, go. Come. Go. So um, I think best actor has to either be a, uh, either be a tie between uh, Ben Affleck for Batman versus Superman or maybe Ben Stiller for Zoolander 2. Um, <laughs> and you, and you, wait, hold on. Movie, you said at the beginning of this, you said Emmys, right? I just want to make sure I heard that right. Keep going. <laughs> uh, yeah, best movie would have to either be um, Independence Day Resurgence uh-huh. or um, Cafe Society. Yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely in the top two. I think best set direction would be Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> And I've, I've been working on this all week. I haven't been able to figure the rest of them out, but I'll get back to you as soon as yeah, I get them all Yeah, will you? Will you? Yeah, I appreciate in. that. We're going to we're gonna win all the office pulls. Yeah. Lock them in. Lock them in. All right. <laughs> I get the feeling he may not have been serious. Um, hey, look at this uh, list I got for you here. Louise Rayner, she was a back-to-backer in 1936 and 7. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Tracy, a name you probably heard of, 36 and 37. He also, that year, that must have been an interesting year. John Ford, uh, f- uh, 40 and 41 as director. Uh, I don't know who Roger Edens is, but he did some stuff there three years in a row. Oh, scoring, musical scoring. Uh, Joseph Mankiewicz, uh, 49 to 50 as a director. These are a lot of directors. Let's see. Um, scoring, Alfred Newman. Let's see. Henry Mancini won three, no, two years in a row. Uh, Catherine Hepburn, 67, 68. For uh, yeah, a lot of music stuff here, which makes sense, because once you kind of get one big music gig, then you're probably going to get a lot of them. So you're going to have a bigger chance to, sure. especially when Hollywood was smaller, to, uh, to 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 rack them up back to back. But all right here. So I, I got the same list here as in the acting category. Hepburn for uh, uh, bringing up baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, Look- guess who's coming to. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, uh, best actress for guess who's coming to dinner and the lion and winner. Yep, that's the one. Uh, Jason Robards, best supporting for all the president's men, and Julia. Guy's okay, great. Miss that guy. He's great. Ben Hanks. Oh yeah, Tom oh, Hanks. So you're saying so he was Philadelphia Forrest Gump. You are telling me there have been three actors that have done it. Mm-hmm. You're putting the money on the goss, on I'm, the hot goss. Yep, I'm putting it all on the on the on Big R there. He's gonna do it. Um, I don't know how or when, let's and it go, may. Not- let's go take a look. Let, let, let's see what Gosling has in the pike that you're gonna be rooting hard for. <laughs> And if it's if he's got a Marvel movie or something to do with Star Wars or some Disney thing coming up, then I may change my mind because that usually means you're off the list for a bit. Not always. Like uh, you can you can oh, right. be Ruffalo. Well, here, here we got First Man is in pre-production, but that doesn't have a release date. What's that? Song, First guy's wife song. is the president. Is that the deal? Song, song is is uh, completed. Okay. At Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Okay, that could be the one. Um, and the reason I say that, that may seem like a genre movie to people, and I guess it is, but it's, uh, that director, uh, knows how to squeeze some shit out of his actors and he's already a good actor. No, no, no. You want to know what? No, you're putting the bet on song to song. Oh, what's that? Another singing thing? It's a singing thing. Two intersecting love trials, uh, obsession and betrayal set against the music scene of Austin, Texas, written and directed by Terrence Malick, (laughs) starring... Haley Bennett, Ryan Gosling, Michael Fassbender, Natalie Bortman, Clay Banchett, uh, Rooney Mara, Val Kilmer, Christian Bale, Benicio Del Toro, uh, and the list goes on. Val Kilmer. They dusted off Val Kilmer for this. Dude, all of Val Kilmer's puffy cheeks are making an appearance, <laughs> and they each demanded their own trailer. Well, that's like five trailers. I know. I'm super know. impressed. All right, so f- song to song. Also, Terrence Malick, that can be rough. Terrence Malick can be can be a hard chicken to choke on sometimes. Uh, Twelve films for the Malick. Uh, yeah, no, thin, I mean Thin uh, Red Line. Uh, what's the one with um, a Tree of Life? You seen that? Woo. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, there's some. That's some. That's a challenge. So good luck to them. That's a and that's a musical. It's set against the music scene. So maybe, I mean, like, I, I would take a wild guess and say at least four of the people involved are going to be in bands and they're probably going to sing songs during the movie. Okay, Christian Bale's in this. All right. Boy, that cast it is something. Is hit single, Do You Want Me to Trash Your Life? 
And good for you. I really like good for you. It was a B side. Oh, good for you. Uh, it was a great song. Ah, da, da, da. <laughs> it was a little show tune. All right. Uh, anyway, we, we've strayed a bit from the, the 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 point, but but what this has proven to me, these calls we've gotten, even the yeah. fake one, is that there's a lot of um, weird pent up uh, competition in people about things as arbitrary as who did a slightly better acting job in some movie or not. And, uh, of course they're going to be big disappointments. Like I remember, I remember as a kid being incredibly disappointed that star Wars, the only movie I could have ever cared about in 1977 didn't win best picture despite being nominated. I was sure I was like, that's gotta win. It's the best movie ever. I was just a little kid. The best movie this year. Yeah. I was like, this is the only movie now we all know it. Everyone knows it. I mean, I'm eight. So I, you know, what do I know? Uh, when it, when that well, would you were pretty prescient considering <laughs> you know a very mediocre version of that franchise just is is making a billion dollars <laughs> yeah yeah whatever i by the way uh, this is something i see more often than not every day uh, yeah. some comment about hey is uh, hotline monday on monday i said yep oh what thing will jury talk about that he hates <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like come on now he doesn't you hate- know what i get i get <laughs> still this weekend every weekend Friday, Saturday, Sunday, usually at least one per day of somebody going to see the movie. Yeah. You have a conversation on Twitter with me about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like, it's not that I don't enjoy talking about things, but I have probably (laughs) five hours of my commentary about Rogue One on the internet. Yeah. I don't have anything new to say about it. I haven't seen it again. I don't have any new <laughs> insights to put forth. Uh, you know, so so everybody will, uh, you know, will, 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 will come in and be like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know about you. I really like the characters. I thought the story was great. I thought everything was awesome. It's like, all right, that's cool. I'm glad you liked it. You should do five hours of commentary on it on various internet shows because that's what I did, and I was done with the with the, with, with the big critical expression of it. <laughs> and Free Rangers points out in the chat, yeah. And last week I didn't hate on musicals. I love musicals, yeah. and I love Star Wars. I just didn't happen to like that movie. Yeah, that, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world, and it's and like I said, I said it on the show. I don't. I, I don't want to live in a world where we all unanimously think every nerd thing is perfect. Um, no, that's how we get crappy nerd things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's I want. How we get, that's how we get bad. Like that's how we get back to where we were pre nineteen ninety nine. Yep. When Brian Singer directed X Men. Yep. And realized that like, oh wait, good casting and people who actually care about these characters means better movies. Mm-hmm. And X Men wasn't a perfect film. Right. Not by any stretch. No, no. But I mean, you know, he has a wicked tongue, Senator. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, it was a fun movie and it felt for the first time like somebody gave a rat's ass. Yeah. About those characters. Yeah. I I, I tend to agree. I uh, so if you're going to have if you're going to continue to have angst about jury's decision that Rogue One wasn't any good, uh, put it in the closet and lock it. You want to know what? Let's try this. T-R-M-A-C-D in the chat room says jury shtick is to say he hates something and Scott's is to say he likes it. So, Scott, why don't you say, uh, number one, you've never heard us talk about politics. Yeah, I have plenty of things I don't like. I don't think that's a fair uh, assertion at all. But here, let's just approve it because we're all about proving it right here in this show. Yep. Scott, you tell me something that you do not like and I will uh, uh, I, I, I will say why it's good. Okay, because it can't be it can't be something like uh, I mean I can't go Twilight and then you defend it, um, right? Because that doesn't. But, it's, I don't know. I could I could defend Twilight. Can you? Yeah, but the goal but the goal here would be to find a place where we kind of have an equal an equal. All right. Well, here I'll, I'll just since we're not going to use it, the baseball scene in Twilight maybe one of my favorite things. <laughs> All right, and I also like Michael Shannon in that, but I like, like Michael Shannon and everything. They're vampires. They're not Michael Shannon. Uh, Michael. Sheen. There you go. Michael Sheen. That's who I meant. They're living forever. Yeah. And they just, they don't even really play baseball. They just kind of do home run derby. (laughs) 
but also like they're not really trying. They're just they have super strength and no one's learned how to throw a cutter. It's yeah. all just gas down the center of the the, the, the strike zone so yeah. they could just do their Barry Bonds impression. Oh, it's just so great. All right. I, I found one. I found one while you were talking. You ready? Yeah. Thor, the first movie. You hated it. I actively dislike the first Thor movie. And I have not seen the second movie. So I've only seen one Thor movie. You only seen the one. Yeah, I was so saddened by it. I didn't see the second one, and I, I. What did you like about it? Um, it was the first time in this cinematic universe reboot stuff that I felt like I was being pandered to a little bit, and by that oh. I mean I felt like I was just being fanboyed. Um, I didn't need a literal rainbow road. I didn't need Odin and everybody to look like they're wearing plastic armor. Uh, it just rubbed me wrong. And I know a lot of people like the Thor movie. I didn't like, and I like Thor. I like him in the Avengers. I like Thor as Thor, but I don't, and I I just did not like that first movie. I felt like Natalie Portman didn't want to be there. You just get this feeling. She didn't really want to be there. Um, I don't know. I, for whatever reason. But they, again, this is, I, I don't have any like specific plot points because I don't remember a lot of them. Man, um, I'll tell you what. The thing that I love the most about Thor was that it made me give a shit about Thor. Mm. Like, I don't think ever in my comics reading or cartoon watching or comic card collecting life did I ever think that Thor just wasn't the epitome of crappy comics writing. <laughs> that it was just like, all right, whatever. Now um, we got, uh, hey, we, here's a way that we can get uh, a bunch of characters that we don't have to make up. Let's just steal them from Norse mythology and just like, write our own narratives around this. And it's like, also in the comics, he was like kind of the Hulk. Cause it was like, 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 like Mjolnir fell to earth. And there was the kind of like secret identity thing where he was like kind of ghost Rider and kind of the Hulk and that he could turn into Thor and stuff. And so I was just like, all right, whatever. When they first announced the Avengers, I was like, okay, Iron Man's super cool because he's like, especially now he's like Steve jobs meets Batman. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Uh, Captain America's cool because you can do a 1940s, like, let's punch those Nazis in the nose, like, kind of movie. That's super fun. Yeah. Uh, Hulk is Hulk. He's probably the coolest to look at, and you get to see him smash stuff. Uh, the other, like, uh, 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 Black Widow, whatever. Hawkeye, whatever. Uh, that's fine. Thor was the one that's like, how are you going to make me care yeah. about this person? And in the first 15 minutes with, with Chris, Chris Hemsworth just being a total wiener penis and like <laughs> just that one scene of him in the diner when he like has like the cup of coffee and he's just like, like, mm, I like it. I'll have another. And he just smashes the glass like on the ground of this random, like, like New Mexico diner. Yeah. Uh, I was like all in. I was like, like, Oh, this is great. And you're right. The armor looks like it's uh, Halloween stuff. And uh, uh, you know, but, but the, those performances, uh, the, the, the plot is weak. It's probably the weakest version of what on what what went on to become the Marvel plot. Yeah, where the heroes have the thing and then they lose the thing and then a big sky hole opens up and they have to stop the sky hole by you know any means necessary. Yeah, uh, it was the weakest version of that. But it's like the first time we see Hiddleston, the first time we see Hemsworth, like and and they are just charming enough to move the movie along i also think i didn't like dr strange as much as everybody else and maybe i just have a thing with the more magical marvel things that i, I struggle with and and that's funny because you know guardians has a lot of that and is said in that and i should hate that but i don't i love that so i don't know what the difference is but i don't i do not get dr strange is actually the better version because like like the first thor movie i liked it i'm, I'm, I'm not gonna like uh, start a fist fight about it but like I like the first Thor movie. I like the second Thor movie because I, I thought giving Cat, uh, what's her name, a bigger role was great as like the sidekick. Uh, uh, I thought that the the script was very punchy. They lent, they leaned more on Hemsworth as a comedic kind of person, mm -hmm. which is smart. Doctor Strange, I will actually well, like. I will get into a. And fight this isn't me. And this and I see this isn't quite fair because I I did not dislike Doctor Strange at all. In fact, I quite liked it, but I just don't think it is as good as everybody thinks it is. And so now go ahead. Let's defend it under that auspices. Let's hear you defend that movie as to why it's better. It's better than I think. Because I already like it. I do like it. It's one of my favorite movies I saw this year. 
but I it is not my favorite Marvel movie, and it's not even in the top three. It's probably I don't know where I, it is. I believe that Doctor Strange is probably the tightest script of the Marvel films. It's even that last like twenty minutes. I of course I, in, uh, specifically because of the last twenty minutes. Oh. Like the fact that you know what's coming because it's a Marvel movie. Yeah. Right. You know that this is uh, that that what's what's going to happen. So what's a way to deconstruct it? How have we seen this battle like we've never seen it before? Mm-hmm. It's to begin it with the end. We, we come into this, you know, they come out of the portal and it's over. The universe is done. You know, we've lost. That's it. You showed up too late. Sorry, Charlie. It's over. And then they use the, the time stone to go backwards. I think it visually looks great. And then also the fact that there have been movies. I would even include the world's uh, at world's end, uh, the, the Edgar Wright movie mm. that tries to do the like Captain Kirk ending because they don't want to just do like and then our hero punches somebody really hard and that's it. Right. Yeah. Or like Guardians of the Galaxy where it's like, oh, no, wait, there's just a, a little, you know, sleight of hand or something like that or a charming little quip. Like, what's a way that we can do? the hero really outsmarts the villain kind of thing. Uh, and I thought that that, you know, the, 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 the Dormammu stuff was just, was just great. I just thought it was so funny and, and so clever and, and just a way, especially in a film, in a franchise that is so predictable, even if we love the predictability about it, uh, it was it was it was a fresh enough twist for me to very much enjoy. I'll tell you what. I'll just say one quick thing about that. We didn't warn people we'd spoil it, so I won't. But I just want to say the reason that that didn't work for me probably as well. I did think it was clever, but my problem with it, I think, is that I have a problem with all time travel stories. I always find holes immediately, like it's just bald face to me. So he should have known. He should have not known he kept showing up, and he shouldn't have known he kept showing up. In theory, if that kind of time loop was possible. That would have been an eternity of neither of them knowing it was anything more than the first time it was happening. And that drove me crazy. Well, but I think that's because he just thought, oh, I'll just keep telling him. But no, he shouldn't have known because it's no, no, no. But that I guess the idea is that what we are seeing are billions of revolutions of this. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. I guess so. Like, like that's 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 something. And a lot of people are saying, hey. You know, Cargill, Cargill wrote the script, yada, yada, yada. Believe you me, I've known a lot of friends who have done a lot of things. And when those things suck, I just, I, you will always get, here, are here. You want to know? True story. And you can hold me to this. If my friend does a thing, no matter how sucky it is, it will get one great tweet from me. (laughs) I will say, this is great. I love it. I will, I'll talk about the thing I love the most about it. And then I will never talk about it again, yeah. and I will avoid talking about it forever. Because you're a true friend. Yeah, I will. They, you will get one fraudulent tweet from me, <laughs> where I where I will be a total homer because I care about my friendships and I want to support my friends in their endeavors. Right. And then I will try to avoid talking about it forever because I cannot hold up lying about something. <laughs> I, I will slip up and I will say something sucks when it's my friend's thing. So I will avoid talking about it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, uh, Doctor Strange, if you're looking for a reason why Doctor Strange, I-, I think is special, not just good, but special, is A, I think it is the kind of kung fu Harry Potter movie that we had never got from the Harry Potter universe, mm, right? Mm. Um, and that it was uh, that it was just a really tight script. It had so much to introduce, and there was really not a whole lot of wasted moments like even even the action scenes that you know are coming uh you know are are fun they add a little bit of extra stuff like like the the, the hospital action scene with uh with uh, uh, uh what's her butt with with the ancient one like mm-hmm. i thought that was like that was fun and it was poignant and it, and it brought real emotion into something yeah uh, i don't i don't entirely disagree with that i think that's a you make a valid point across the board i just i don't know what it was i kept going oh everyone loved this why am i not loving this the way they are i like it but i don't know if i love it yet oh shoot it's over i didn't exactly love it that was that was the feeling i had now again we're talking about a lot of subjectivity we're talking about a, a big range of reaction it's impossible to you know 
say one size fits all in any of these cases, but but I totally I mean, whenever it. it comes to this, and this is a conversation we're going to be having a lot for the next two months, so so everybody take notes. Whenever you're comparing art, you can only really compare it on what it tried to do, what mm -hmm. it set out to do, yep. and how well it executed on its own ambition. Right. You can't control over how much people loved it because that brings in all the subjectivity of like, Oh, I love musicals. You know, you know what I got a lot from our musical episode mm. was like, you're way off base. I don't, I don't ever defend musicals like that. Also, I'm a musical director. And it's like, <laughs> well, duh. Of course you don't. You're a musical director. <laughs> you try being a, a, a grease monkey at some random car shop and walk into work the next day and be like, hey, man, I saw La La Land. I really love the, the soft shoe. <laughs> like, you're going to have to put in a little preamble to that. <laughs> no it's a good point and and yeah that's been a funny part of that conversation is a lot of that and a lot of and also by the way i teach this or i am in a community yeah, by theater the way thinger. i'm a I, I i'm i'm a broadway professional and i just want a tony yeah <laughs> like it doesn't it's, I, I think they think it i think they think it means the opposite of what it actually means when they tell us that i, I i'm just saying to everybody <laughs> who works at whataburger who's listening to this <laughs> You're who I'm talking about. Please send me a tweet. If you work at Whataburger, please tweet me and say, Justin, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Thanks. No, I, I pff, dude, it, to me, it, to me, it made sense. Uh, clearly to some, it did not. All right. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll round things out here and just say, uh, listen, we, it's, it's, it's award season. That's where we're at. At least that's what we're told. We're told it's award season. That means Oscars coming up. That means Emmys, right? Grammys. 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 Grammys that's what I meant. We just had Emmys, right? Didn't we just have Emmys? Yeah. Uh, did we? Did we? Or can you not do that? You still do Emmys later than the. I think you wait. You wait until the year's over, right? And then you and then you do it early in the year. I think you're right. I think it just feels like we just had them for some reason. Or maybe I'm thinking of the MTV Music Awards, and that's always that's not even really a real. Hey, well, what did you what did you think about uh, Game of Thrones getting uh, getting beat by the Crown? Getting the old shaft there. Um. You know, I got a theory about that. I think that, uh, I think that it is right and good. Actually, no, no, you're right. We did just have the Emmys. The Emmys were September 18th, 2016. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because a ton of a ton of Game of Thrones wins, like Game of Thrones and something else, HBO just dominated. What was the other thing? Uh, yeah, and Peele were the hosts. Right. So yeah, that happened. So anyway, I th I have a theory on the Game of Thrones thing. I think they've had their, I mean, we're seven years into this thing. I think they're starting, I think they're starting, not getting long in the tooth like it's not good. It's great. It was the best season ever last season. I can't wait for these two mini seasons. I'm totally stoked. But I think it is right and good that they are, they are bringing this thing to, uh, you know, they're parking it in the garage when they're done. Or at least until they spend something off and do a whole other series or whatever. Um, and that'll spark all kinds of new hype. But I think it's it's a good time to kind of slow that stuff down because you do start to see award seasons stop being so kind. Um, you saw this happen with Mad Men. You saw it happen with other shows where you can't go. You just can't go forever. Like I think Breaking Bad had it right. It was just the right amount of time, just the number of seasons you needed. Well, just but the also number of Breaking Bad was undervalued until it quit when it was at its most overvalued. Cor right? Totally correct. Yep. I totally agree with that. So, Which is good because I'm glad that they were undervalued when the second season came out. And it was <laughs> like not as good, uh, but it's like they they wound up peaking in terms of critical acclaim exactly when they needed to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where Mad Men, Mad Men didn't. Mad Men was like, this is the greatest show because it has shoulder pads and people in the '60s and look, they're smoking and hitting women. This is the best. <laughs> look at all the drinking they're doing. Look at all the drinking on the job, and they're just slapping secretaries and, and and doing getting people pregnant, and people are having babies and calling them their niece, and this is nuts. You know, all they had back then was Rolodexes and typewriters. I can't believe it. Like that, that yeah. for me a Manhattan. I'm gonna go uh, lie about my personality. Yeah, I'm Madman. Hey, uh, Downey Dryersoft. Here's a bear. I'm brilliant. I'm Madman. <laughs> Yeah, and then that kind of petered out, and then it was like, it's not that it wasn't good, or that the faithful didn't get what they wanted, or that the show didn't end strong. All of those things are, object. I think, objectively, at least subjectively true, but but you go so long that you have to, like, at some point, you have to stop expecting all the adoration all the time. 
So yeah. I think I people think get bored. Yeah. people get bored. Yeah. And I don't mean they're bored of the show. Like, again, go another five seasons. They'll be bored of your show. But go six or seven. The awards world is now bored of your show. And I would love. Yeah. I would love, 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 love if either the Golden Globes or the Emmys did an episode award. Just the best episode. Oh, I like that. Of the year. Because I don't think anything would touch Battle of the Bastards. Battle of the Bastards has better medieval action than like almost every medieval movie other than Lord of the Rings. And even then, that's kind of cheating because they get to have like tree ants and elves and like magical arrows and stuff like that. <laughs> like in terms of like just medieval combat, yeah. like the shots in Battle Battle of the Bastards is just beyond reproach, right? Yeah. Like it's just so yeah. good. I totally agree. I mean, they, they kind of do this with, uh, don't they do this at Emmys where it's like somebody had a one-off and they give them an award? Like, uh, Yeah, but that's, that's for like limited series or TV movies, something like that. Well, even like an actor that'll be like best guest actor or something where like one episode of ER season three, some lady who was only on once and some oh, dying. Guest appearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's where, uh, 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 what's his butt? Uh, Patrick Stewart got the award for extras oh right because uh, he was just in the one scene where he's just like the total perv <laughs> and he's just like talking to to ricky gervais about his his script ideas yeah yeah no, that was just, the one just all about how he like like mentally undresses women like with his mind physically <laughs> and it's just like and of course by that time she's grabbing her clothes and she's covering everything but of course by that time i've seen everything <laughs> No, he deserved it. It was good, but I mean, I'm just, I'm, I mean, that's a shadow of what you're asking for, and so that would be really cool. Like, I'd love best it if, episode. I, yeah, best that's episode, what I would love. best episode. But I feel like that's something that needs to happen now. Now that TV is so good, yeah, right. Golden age, they say, and also it's like because you you get the feeling that a lot of these shows are, especially when you watch the episodes around the one episode that you know that they're going to like, they're blowing it out for. Yeah. And it's like, Oh man, we're uh, here's the one episode where Cersei gets locked in the tower. Oh man. Isn't that crazy? There's just one set where Cersei is just drinking wine, getting locked in that tower, going crazy. Yeah. Right. And then it's like the next one, maybe game of Thrones is a bad example because all their stuff is so gigantic. Yeah. But like Jesse, Jesse and Walter going after a fly for an entire episode. That's a good example. Yes. Well, Although, that's one where they literally just ran out of money. Right. <laughs> I mean, I maybe the chat room's right. I have gone on record to say I kind of like the fly episode, but but I understand the the concept of filler. You know, like, I actually stopped watching the show. Really? And then I wound up getting back into it because people persuaded me to. Oh, it's so you want to know what the the fly episode didn't bother me that it was all in one place. I just felt like the like the the characters for one episode just got dialed up to like cartoon characters <laughs> of themselves where it was like, you know, Jesse Pinkman was just the dumbest of dumb dummies from Dumbville. And uh, 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 Walter White was just like the most villainous, awful, evil person on the planet. When the fun part about that show up till then, and then going forward was the, the, the shades of gray that you knew that, Walter White was not the simple kind of guy that he was. And Jesse Pinkman was smarter than you thought he was. Mm -hmm. And that was fun. And and I I, I really, that, that episode did bother me. Although, listen, Ryan Johnson directed it, and he's going to be directing episode eight, and I'm very excited. And you love Ryan Johnson, and I do too. And so so that's it's funny how that stuff works out. Like, you, that felt like an experiment to be different, to throw people off for a week, to be a weird standalone moment that people would talk about. And that's risky, man, because you you're going one direction or the other. Either people are going to remember you for, wow, do you remember that musical episode of Scrubs? That was incredible. I can't believe they pulled it off. Or you're saying, that was the shittiest thing ever. I can't believe they did it. They nearly jumped the shark. Why would they do that? Yeah. And they almost did there. And I'll even admit that, even though I kind of liked it. Um, all right. Let's uh let's get out of here. Hey, do you want to uh do you got anything to pimp this week? Let's give the people something to chew on while they're yeah, twitch.tv slash Justin R. Young. You can get there by going to justinryoung.tv. Uh that is my Twitch channel. Uh every single day uh after the morning stream, every single weekday after the morning stream, I am live 
uh, with some kind of content. Uh, tomorrow it'll be jury right after my TMS uh, uh, appearance. So if you want to write into that, we got a ton of great emails. Then go ahead and do it. But make sure you follow twitch.tv slash Justin R. Young. That sounds fantastic. Uh, also, I'm happy to and excited to acknowledge, although I guess it's the, the, the sub option's not up yet. I suspect that'll be a day or two. But uh, my channel got uh, uh, partnered, which is pretty exciting. So if you have not yet done so, go, go on over and follow and consider subbing to the uh, uh, twitch.tv slash frogpants channel. And uh, I, I don't even know how all that works yet, but I'm excited to see how it does. Y'all got a free sub that you get with your uh, uh, Amazon Prime deal. So use that maybe. I don't know. Uh, or give it to some streamer you love. Whatever you do, just make sure that thing doesn't languish in your inbox and not go anywhere. Uh, of course, frogpants.com, Scott Johnson on Twitter, all that stuff. I think that's going to do it for us, for me, and for Justin. We'll see you next time. Adios. Part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com.